Hey folks, I'm Chris Rouse, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. Perhaps you have seen the image I used on social media for this episode, and I do want to provide a disclaimer that I am addressing material of a heavy nature on uh, this episode today. The season of Lent also that we are in, as we're following through liturgical time, it can be and perhaps should be a heavy time. Because how can we experience the profound release of new life in the Easter moment? How can we be resurrected if we don't first experience the weight of death and sin and repentance? And those matters, they are indeed heavy things. So, we are in the fifth week of Lent, and we continue today our journey through T.S. Eliot's poem, Ash Wednesday. Now, however you found your way, I'm glad that you're here. Let's find grace together. This is Pneumaturgical. I would like to open us with this prayer today. Everlasting God, because of your tender mercy toward all people, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take upon himself our flesh and to suffer death upon the cross, that all should follow the example of his great humility. Now, As we reflect in word and spirit, mercifully grant that we may follow the example of Christ's patience and also be made partakers of his resurrection through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I would like to offer today as our scripture reading, uh, Micah chapter 6 beginning uh, with verse 1. Listen to what the Lord says. Stand up, plead your case before the mountains. Let the hills hear what you have to say. Hear, O mountains, the Lord's accusation. Listen, you everlasting foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a case against his people. He is lodging a charge against Israel. My people, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? Answer me. I brought you up out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam. My people, remember what Balak king of Moab counseled and what Balaam son of Beor answered. Remember your journey from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of oil? 
Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. This is the word of God, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, given through the inspiration of the Spirit to build up the people of God. Amen. For these weeks of Lent, as I mentioned, we've been going through the poem, Ash Wednesday by T.S. Eliot. And if you visit pneumaturgical.com, you can still download a PDF copy of the entire poem if it's something um, you're wanting to read through on your own some more or follow along. And we are in the fifth section of this poem today. It's a little bit longer section. So uh, let's, let's listen and reflect. If the lost word is lost... If the spent word is spent, if the unheard unspoken word is unspoken unheard, still is the unspoken word, the word unheard, the word without a word, the word within, the world, and for the world, and the light shone in darkness, and against the word, the unstilled world still world, about the center of the silent word. O my people, what have I done unto thee? Where shall the word be found? Where will the word resound? Not here, there is not enough silence, not on the sea or on the islands, not on the mainland, in the desert or the rainland, For those who walk in darkness, both in the daytime and in the nighttime, the right time and the right place are not here. No place of grace for those who avoid the face. No time to rejoice for those who walk among noise and deny the voice. Will the veiled sister pray for those who walk in darkness, who chose thee and oppose thee? Those who are torn on the horn between season and season, time and time, between hour and hour, word and word, power and power, those who wait in darkness? Will the veiled sister pray for children at the gate who will not go away and cannot pray? Pray for those who chose and oppose. O my people, what have I done unto thee? Will the veiled sister between the slender yew trees pray for those who offend her and are terrified and cannot surrender and affirm before the world and deny between the rocks and the last desert before the last blue rocks, the desert in the garden, the garden in the desert of drought, spitting from the mouth the withered apple seed. Oh, my people. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we are here in the fifth week of the Lenten season. And again, Lent is a time that places us between the different experiences of life. 
We are between death and life. We are between the recognition of sin in repentance and redemption in new birth. Uh, During Lent, we may find ourselves between, in T.S. Eliot's words today, a garden and a desert. Now, the word between, it's used in the latter portion of this fifth section of Eliot's poem, and that is where we will be uh, focusing ourselves today, is in this, uh, this latter section of, of the, the fifth portion. However, I do want to spend a few moments reflecting on the beautiful and profound way that Eliot weaves uh, in the imagery of Scripture into the opening lines of this fifth section. There are two scripture passages that uh, it seems to me T.S. Eliot is echoing. The opening of John's Gospel, uh, chapter 1, and then also imagery and language from Deuteronomy chapter 30. As I was thinking about it, I could really spend weeks just dissecting what Eliot is is doing here. Um, The fantastic way he takes these two passages of Scripture uh, that are separated themselves by countless ages, he places them together on the loom of our lives and and weaves them um, very uh, intricately with each other and with our experience. In both of these passages, in John 1, Deuteronomy 30, we are caught between two outcomes, two realities. Again, life and death, uh, light and dark, truth and deception, condemnation and redemption, cursing and blessing, if you will. And in uh, Deuteronomy and in John, those two uh, scripture passages and also in Eliot's poem, this the entire poem, and in this fifth section as well, we are brought to an ultimate decision point. There is a moment or a series of moments of choice in our transformation, in turning our lives in the right direction, in the way that they should go, which really is what the Lenten season is about, this this idea of repentance and turning that we we need to do constantly in our lives. And Eliot writes this striking line in this fifth section. He says, No place of grace for those who avoid the face. I want to to take this line of, of Eliot's poem and draw it into a space between death and life, which is the space where Lent leads us. As I mentioned at the the top of this episode, you may have seen my social media uh, posting that has to do with our time here. I used an image that was captured in 2015 of Alan Kurdi, a Syrian child that drowned as his family was fleeing the violence and destruction of war and terror. The first time I saw this picture, um, 
I'm glad I was by myself. I I could hardly compose myself when I saw it. It it just it just broke my heart. And every time I've seen it, I'm moved with grief in different ways. I really debated about using it because I think we have to be careful in how we handle death. It's not a sensational type of story, and, and right now is not a moment to make political fodder of things. Uh, it's the way the picture was described that I think has haunted me, and um, it's haunted me even in my prayers. And here's the description that, that is given, and I've put a link in this podcast episode um, to Time Magazine that, that uh, it, it describes or characterizes this picture as uh, one of 100 um, striking pictures, I think, from, from the, uh, the last several decades. And so this was the description that's, that's given there on, on Time's website, but I want to I read a little bit of it to you. It says, The picture was not taken in Syria, a country the world preferred to ignore, but on the doorstep of Europe, where its refugees were heading, dressed for, tra- dressed for travel, the child lay between one world and another. Waves had washed away any chalky brown dust that might locate him in a place foreign to Westerners' experience. So Alan, this bright three-year-old child, it's a life of innocence. And the countless other faces he represented are those who the world was ignoring and still ignores. T.S. Eliot wonders in the lines of this poem, Ash Wednesday, whether prayers will be offered for children at the gate who will not go away and cannot pray. Was Alan Kurdi one of those children? We find it hard to stare into these kinds of images of Kurdi's precious body lying on the sand. Yet, as Eliot says, there is no place of grace for those who avoid the face. I hear in this line not just a challenge to look into the face of God, but to look into the faces of each other. Don't avoid the grief or the pain or the uncomfortableness. People aren't just political statements. Their lives aren't just a value because they conform or deviate. People have faces And in those faces are testimonies of pain, of sorrow, of fear, of hope, of exhaustion, of life, and of death. And we can't really find grace until we stop avoiding the face. This brings us to a line from Micah chapter 6 that Eliot repeats, O my people, what have I done to you, or to thee, as Eliot says? God in Micah 6 is involving himself in a dispute, in mediation between himself and his people. 
God is perplexed here. <laughs> He's asking, what have I asked of you, my people, that is so exhausting, that has tapped all your resources, that is just sucking the life out of you? God speaks and says, I have rescued you. I've, I've blessed you. I've made a covenant of love and faithfulness with you. And then these words that follow, well, what kind of an offering is it then that I should bring to God? What's the payoff, you know? What resources can I amass to atone for my sin? How can I produce what is necessary? And right there, we are caught between a moment of whether we can produce enough in ourselves to receive grace. But then these powerful words come, and this is kind of my, my own interpretation here. Folks, if you're asking, what is God's desire for us? How can we be made right? Well, God seeks for you to act in ways that are just. God seeks for you to love in ways that are faithful and kind. God seeks for you to behave in ways that are humble. This is how you walk with the Lord. Lent is a season. It is a time that reminds us we are still between death and life. We have not fully crossed one line. Yet, through the work of the Spirit, as T.S. Eliot describes, there is even now a garden in the desert, a place of redemption. How do we experience it? How are we then made right? By not avoiding the face. By not ignoring the face of children at gates, of lives that are torn, of those who are suffering. We must be full of humility about our opinions and our motives and our agendas. We must pursue the kind of love that Christ offers, faithful, kind, patient. And we must act in ways that are just and right, that honor the face of God in the face of others. This is how we walk with the Lord in between these times of Lent from death to life. Will you pray with me today? Eternal God, Father, Son, Spirit, the one who knows no in-between, but dwells fully in the presence of death and life, we come before you. We find ourselves, Lord, often frustrated and hindered by the barriers of our limited being. We find ourselves between between death and life, between anger and love, between confusion and understanding, between hope and regret, between patience and frustration. We want so badly to let one go and fully embrace the other. Yet even in all of our resource and strength and intellect, we cannot make ourselves better. Remind us, through the work of the Spirit in us, that what is important 
is to look into faces, to see in them the image of your face, simply asking for us to act with justice, to love with kindness and faithfulness, to have enough humility to put aside ourselves so we can experience grace. Amen. Hey everyone, I uh, again want to thank you for joining with me today. I want you to know I have really been um, moved and just have been so enriched by this Lenten season working uh, our way through this this poem, Ash Wednesday by T.S. Eliot. So much depth there to Eliot's poetry and just the themes of Lent. My prayer is that you too are being challenged and encouraged um, during this Lenten season as we journey closer and closer to Easter. Perhaps if you have found yourself discouraged or just feeling the anxiety of these current times, just remember that there is always hope. Lent leads to life. <laughs>